today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Just fell in love with what I call the best Rubik's Cube on earth, right? I mean, it is so complex. It's an ecosystem that is so complex that has a myriad of players, right? No, I mean, you think you swipe a credit card and in those three seconds, you've got five to seven players, right? That have touched that money um, in, in that, you know, one to two seconds. And then you think about the fragmentation of that industry and the localization of that industry. Every country has its own currency. Every country has its own banking systems, its own regulation. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. I don't know what they serve at the snack bar into it, maker of QuickBooks and the financial e around it, but when you speak to senior leadership, they seem almost maniacal about serving SMBs. And what the firm has done over the past few years is make its bookkeeping software the center of a financial services ecosystem that includes payments, lending, and banking. And now Intuit is looking to take its ecosystem and tools to mid-market and B2B firms with the launch of its QuickBooks business network, which creates one of the largest B2B networks and automates B2B payments, improving overall cash flow for this particular user set. I'm joined by Juliana Berger, the Director of Payments for QuickBooks. You'll hear that same passion she has for serving SMBs. We talk about the breadth and depth of Intuit's SMB offerings. Juliana shares the pain points SMBs are feeling in this economy and what the software firm is doing to address them. There's a lot of talk about invoicing and payments flows with an increasing amount of automation mixed in. Her excitement about the space is infectious. Intuit's Juliana Berger is my guest today on the podcast. Thanks, Zach. Um, so I'm Juliana, and I'm currently the director of payments for QuickBooks. I've had the pleasure of leading this team now for almost about a year, and we are ultimately responsible for the full end-to-end payment needs of the businesses we support. So I'm extremely passionate about this space and helping small businesses you know, get access to their capital. I've had roles at Meta and City and American Express all in this space. I think it is, quite frankly, the most impactful space where we can make a difference you know, access to money is one of those things that define where we live, where our kids go to school, what clothes we wear. It's at the epicenter of the hopes and dreams for small businesses and ourselves. And so really, really passionate about the space. It's my jam. Um, it's kind of my purpose and really excited to be a part of it here at QuickBooks. It's actually the reason I came to QuickBooks because QuickBooks mission and value around the small business payment space is just, is just really admirable. When did you know it was your jam? Yeah, good question. I actually started my career in uh, cosmetics and realized I just could not get around shampoo and lotion. It just, <laughs> it felt didn't like the world you? was, didn't do it for me. It felt like the world was bigger, right? And, it, and I couldn't really tie to a need or or the impact that I was having. And I, I kind of cold um, applied to an American Express role, you know, at the World Financial Center down in New York. And you know, did everything I could to explain my potential. I had zero experience whatsoever. And, and I just fell in love with what I call the best Rubik's Cube on earth, right? I mean, it is so complex. It's an ecosystem that is so complex that has a myriad of players, right? No, I mean, you think you swipe a credit card and in those three seconds, you've got five to seven players, right? That have touched that money um, in, in that, you know, one to two seconds. And then you think about the fragmentation of that industry and the localization of that industry. Every country has its own currency. Every country has its own banking systems, its own regulation. And then you think about, um, the importance, the, just the fundamental importance that money movement plays in how this world turns, right? In, in everyone's life, I mean, you can't, ex- you can't ex- uh, escape it, really. 
And then you tie the other side of the Rubik's Cube, which is constant innovation and constant change, both from a technology perspective as well as a regulatory perspective. It's constantly changing. I'm always learning. And so that, that to me is just that, that beautiful Rubik's Cube of complexity and impact and the power of both. That, um, that was when I realized this is kind of my life's purpose. I love that. Such clarity too. Um, so, so maybe Julian, the first question we can ask is, is QuickBooks has moved into financial services and, and achieved significant scale. I guess maybe we could talk to what that, what scale it has reached and, um, describe where that growth has come from and, uh, and what you're focused on right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really impressive scale, Zach, and the value and the growth opportunities. I think I'd say we're already so, uh, we've already grown and shown so much progress, and yet we've really only just begun on our journey. So very, very exciting times to be involved in, in QuickBooks Money and QuickBooks Payments. We currently serve about 7 million businesses worldwide. Our mission um, is to really help businesses be successful by delivering end-to-end financial services that help them stay afloat and thrive. And, you know, we're, we're personally all very passionate about this mission and also very proud of our success in delivering it. One of the ways we measure this is, um, you know, how, how long business longevity right? And how long businesses can stay afloat. And so, you know, uh, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 50% of small businesses fail in the first five years. Now, with, with those businesses that actually use QuickBook money products, 69% are actually, uh, you know, alive and thriving after five years. And so mm. while, while um, you know, the business itself has a ton of, of credit to take there. We'd like to pay that we pay. We'd like to think that we play a big part in that as well, right? In in offering a, a very powerful, differentiated value to our customers over the past couple of years, and and that value comes from a combination of breadth of service and depth of insight. And so, what do I mean by that? When I talk about breadth of services, we actually are in the full end-to-end spectrum of financial services. We offer payment services. We offer capital. We offer banking, and. When I talk about the combination of that, right, we really look at the end-to-end customer journey and we look at ways in which we can intelligently and effectively embed those offerings throughout that customer journey. We are maniacally focused on the customer journey and the customer pain point of QuickBooks. So that's where the depth comes into play. If you think about the power, the superpower of QuickBooks, we see every dollar in and every dollar out for every business we serve. Right. Ultimately, QuickBooks is an accounting and bookkeeping tool. So mm-hmm. we see that whole, you know, that whole money movement and cash flow visibility. And with that, we can create a very powerful financial profile for the businesses that we support. And with that financial profile, really get down to the understanding of the needs of those businesses and really target very customizable personal solutions to meet their needs at that point of the need, right? So we're not selling them stuff they don't need. We know right when they need it and we, and we, we target them at that point of need. And so the result of that is really targeted, very specific, holistic financial service offerings, which we believe then plays a role in letting those businesses thrive. And obviously when the businesses do well, we do well, right? So our numbers have shown that consistently over the past couple of years, payments, uh, our, our QuickBook payments revenue is at, um, you know, is up 36%, our payments volume, excuse me, is up 36% year over year. Our total payment volume is at 125 billion you know, last year in, in FY22. And same thing for capital. Our capital loan profile has actually tripled over the past year. So we, we like to think that those those success numbers are a validation of our ability to serve that that need and that mission. So one of the things that I uh, that strikes me when I speak to, to Intuit and QuickBooks people is just the passion that you have, Julian. I, I sense that like kind of across the board. And and the scale too, like those numbers, those numbers are quite large. Is that, is that 100, 112 billion, is that actually uh, flow or is that tracked in terms of invoices? Are those real dollars moving through the system? 
It is. Yeah. It's $125 billion of payments volume on Intuit Rails. It's huge, right? I go, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's an, oh my God number. And then invoices is it's actually- whole economy, trillion. really. It's, it's a, yeah. It powers a small business US economy, right? Yeah. And then if you think about the role we play in invoicing, and this is why I'm so excited about the payments opportunity, we actually have $2 trillion of invoices created on our ecosystem. $2 trillion of invoices, right? So, wow, when you're talking about being able to help businesses, playing a fundamental, I mean, we're at the epicenter of helping businesses get paid, right? And, and offering them, you know, amazing invoicing capabilities and bill pay capabilities to be able to um, request payment from their customers. And yet look at that denominator with that numerator, right? The, with the denominator mm -hmm. $2 trillion, and the, the amount, so the total invoices on our rails being $2 trillion, and then the amount of money moved on our rails being $125 billion, we've barely scratched the surface, right? We have a $2 trillion addressable market at our, at our fingertips of customers that are actively using our QuickBooks products that we would like to be able to convert as to QuickBook money and QuickBook payments users so that we can then continue to offer this great value that, we, that we're able to offer with these financial services. So let's talk about those customers. Obviously, there's uncertainty about what the economy is. It's, it's you know, is it going to be a recession? Is it not? Regardless, it is, it is a challenging uh, arena right now for, for small businesses. What are you hearing specifically about some of the cash flow hurdles that SMBs are facing? Yeah, great question, Zach. And, and you talked about the passion of QuickBooks. Man, are we passionate about this one? Keeps me, keeps us up. I think it keeps us all up at night, to be honest. Um, look, I mean, these are pretty unique and unprecedented times, right? I'd argue that in modern financial history, it, this is probably the hardest businesses have ever had in terms of managing their cash flow and accurately planning for the future. We have compounding effects here that we've never seen before, right? We've got lingering supply chain issues from COVID and now the war in Ukraine. We've got the highest inflation that we've ever seen in 40 years. I mean, this is all really compounding on top of small businesses who, who in the economy end up feeling it first, right? And a lot, a lot of times end up feeling it worse. And we're hearing that from our customers, right? We recently did, we're keeping a very close pulse on our customers. And we recently did a study that showcased that inflation is actually the number one concern for small businesses right now. 99% of them are worried about the impact of inflation. I'm curious who that 1% is that isn't. Right. <laughs> um, living, in a, um, living in a cave somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, have you looked at the news? Um, but 99%, I mean, we can call that absolute, right, for, for all intents and purposes. And then you ask them, you know, well, what does that impact to you in the business? How is that impacting how you, how you function? Two-thirds of those businesses are experiencing cash flow issues. And of those, two out of five are dipping into personal cash reserves to bridge the gap. So, uh, you know, let's, let's read those numbers again. Two-thirds, so about 68% of customers are feeling cash flow. Two out of five are dipping into personal cash reserves. We haven't even hit the recession yet. Right. Right. I mean, think about that. We're already starting to dip negative and we haven't even hit a recession yet. And so this is big. Right. And and and, and the role that we play here um, is big in being able to service these these small businesses. And quite frankly, the only silver lining I see or the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is that this is exactly the type of moment where QuickBook products actually shine. This is where that powerful combo of breadth and depth and very targeted offerings um, really have sh you know shown in the past to help businesses thrive and stay afloat during these times. And so 
Zach, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart and with pride that QuickBooks is taking this very, very personally. The team is rallying. They're working double time. They're day in and day out, maniacally focusing on our top customer pain points. We're saying, where are the three biggest pains right now for our customers? What do we need to do to solve those pains? How can we accelerate delivery of that value sooner so that we can get ahead of the curve so that we can be there for the customers when they need us? So what specifically are you, are you thinking about? What innovations are you excited about when it comes to helping to address these uh, these cash flow gaps? Yeah, we've got the three big problems right now that we're, that we're sort of all rallying around. The first is the core of our business, right? Helping businesses get paid seamlessly and quickly using that, that amazing invoicing and bill pay functionality that we have. We spoke about you know, $2 trillion of invoices being on QuickBooks, but a lot of invoices get either don't get paid at all or get paid very late, right? 60, I think it's about 64% of businesses have invoices that are still outstanding 60 days later. And over almost about 40% of the small businesses in a recent QuickBooks study say that they're repeatedly now getting paid late. Now that has a compounding effect, right? That has downward pressure on their ability to manage their cash flow because if money isn't coming in, they've already done the work. Right. But if they're not getting paid, if that money isn't coming in, it slows down their growth. They can't pay their the own employees. Chain too. It's yeah. the whole it's yeah. the whole ecosystem, right? All of a sudden yeah. they can't pay their employees, they can't invest in new inventory, they can't buy new supplies, right? They can't take on new gigs. And so the whole the whole cog of the wheel starts to crank up and slow down. And so big, big customer rally for us right now is what can we do to make it easier for businesses to request payment? And make it as easy as possible for their customers to pay us, right? So we're doing a combination of new payment methods that we're launching to make it super easy for buyers to pay in the most convenient way possible for them. We're also um, really revolutionizing the way that we send invoices. So they're very, very targeted, looking at optimal timing of sending invoicings, looking at ways that we can customize the language of the invoice, um, looking at just transforming the whole flow and, and template of the invoice to make them more impactful so that we have a better chance to have those businesses getting paid um, from the buyers that, that they've already earned ultimately that money from. But even then, it you know it depends on the industry, Zach. You know this, right? A lot of industries have net payment terms of 30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times you've got small businesses that are a lot of times are bread and butter, which is service-based industries that... They're, they've got 60, 90 days where no money's coming in at all, right? So how do we help them mind that gap? And we're really, we launched a product last year, last year called Get Paid Up Front GPU, really accelerating that this year, doubling down on it, looking for ways that we can, we can increase the eligibility of it so that with this Get Paid Up Front product, customers can actually receive um, money or, or receive money off for, that for that invoicing before it's actually paid by their buyers. So invo then, invoice factoring or financing or exactly. So it's invoice yeah. in, invoice financing, correct? Mm -hmm. So and then the last sorry um, last yeah, last sorry, one <laughs> the last big problem that we're looking at is just free and instant access to your earnings, right? So once okay, so we've we've made it easy as possible for your buyers to pay you. We've shortened the time between that invoice being paid and you getting the money. Now do we get how do we get you that money instantly? And so that's what we're doubling down with with our QuickBook checking account. Our QuickBook checking account offers instant and free access to your earnings, instant deposit as a free feature. And so if you sign up for QuickBook checking, we're doubling down on, you know, getting you that money that you've earned instantly the minute it's uh, it's been able to be paid. I'd love to zoom out and, and you know, given your perspective, where, where QuickBooks sits at sort of the economic heart of, of small businesses, um, I'm curious what you're seeing as like sort of the biggest trends in, in the payments landscape. 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really great question. I I um you know I think a lot of people would answer this in terms of you know blockchain or powerful technologies that are out there. But to be honest, Zach, the thing that we're seeing the most is that there's a ton of innovation and opportunity still in really nailing the basics when it comes to payments. There's so much to be done, and and especially around really groundbreaking omni-channel design and automation and the combination of both. And, you know, why, why do I say that? And why do I say, I think that's an understated, but huge opportunity for innovation for us. Well, 65% of the small businesses that, uh, that we recently surveyed are spending a shocking 14 hours a week on completing tasks related to collecting payments. So like wow. sitting in front of their computer and doing an administrative tasks, 14 hours a week. Now let's break that up, right? 14 hours a week on a five day work week. That's three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Let's say you work nine hours a day. That's a third of your work life doing payments related administrative tasks. What? Chasing right? down and cash. Chasing down yeah. cash, right? I mean, one third of your actual energy to grow your business is, is, is bleeding in these administrative tasks, right? And so just imagine the power of even for you and I, right? Like, what would it feel like if we got a third of our workday back every day? Right. Think about how much energy we could reinvest in growing our business. And so there's two elements to that for me. When I had that aha moment with that, with that, uh, with that statistic, I was like, my gosh, there's something here, right? Omnichannel intuitive design and automation. So what do I mean by that? Omnichannel intuitive design. We are completely uh, reinventing the workflow and really looking at how we can meet our customers where they are, service them specifically with that need in that moment. And in an omni-channel way, both in-person, mobile, and web, so that if you're sitting on a train, these guys are on the move, right? If they're sitting on a train, they got five minutes, they can start something on their mobile, that's automatically saved. They can pick it up later on their web, right? And they can do that interactively, seamlessly throughout the experience, and really intuitively, we follow them throughout their day so that they're not sitting in front of their computer for three hours a day doing what they have to do. And the second element of that is empowering this uh, workflow automation, which or workflow intuitive design, which we kicked off this year, we're really excited to get people on this new experience that we're slowly ramping up this year, is automation. Automation is key. We launched last year and we're, and we're, we're uh, scaling and optimizing this year our auto reconciliation feature, which means that pretty much um, 90%, actually higher, about 99% at this moment of transactions that you do through QuickBook payments are automatically reconciled either through an automatic match to match or an auto match that that uh, feeds you a, a match that you can that you can accept or decline. So we take the the manual effort out of you know reconciling your books out of do, out of collecting payments and then powering that with further automation like auto payments and recurring invoices, auto reminder to your to your customers. All of that takes that hassle out. And then, bam, you just got three hours back every day to power your business, to grow your business. And then that's why the businesses we sort of thrive, right? And that's what we're trying to aim for. And I love that focus on automation. I feel like that's so much the future, particularly for small businesses, or at least the financial functions of companies. Um, one of the things we talk about at Tearsheet when we're, when we're speaking to people like you or speaking to senior executives in, in, in on the financial services side, the, the institutional <laughs> side, um, is, is how customer expectations have evolved and how that's driving a lot of change. I'm curious to hear from you, um, how consumer trends have changed uh, how small businesses behave and how they act. 
Yeah, great question. Um, we're seeing a, a, a big shift in a few different areas, right? I think the first one is around a lot of what we spoke about right now around omni-channel design, right? Is especially focused at that specific need. We're seeing um, because of the scale of online e-commerce and, and certain hybrid businesses, businesses are working around the clock, right? And there's a, a huge, huge need for us to be able to be omni-channel. This is, this is big um, change during COVID as well, right? So we saw a lot of mobile POS, a lot of mobile payments really spiking during the, during COVID. And about one in three businesses we saw actually took on mobile payments for the first time in, during, during the COVID season. And so a lot of shift to mobile, a lot of shift to digital, a lot of shift to omni-channel being both in-person, uh, digital and web and allowing customers to really do their business across all is a big shift we're seeing. And we're seeing a lot of need for that end-to-end holistic offering and really having embedded services and customizable forecasting. Um, it's it's really important for us to not only be able to offer the you know the financial service that we have today, but that insights and being able to to showcase those insights to our businesses um, so that they can forecast their cash flow better. I think it, it is a new bar that's been set um, at the industry, and, and really customers are looking for their financial service providers to not only offer, you know, your traditional checking or, or, or credit or, or payment services, but really help them with educated insights. And so data is data is king here. I know we've been saying that for a while in the industry, but the bar has really been set. And I think now it's an expectation that we, that we offer better, more holistic, more customizable solutions based on needs. So I want, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, the, the the picture you've painted, Juliana, is, is around around small business. A very challenging environment in general, even without the the recession, the macro picture on the on uh, in the background. Um, and it sounds like the the pace of business has has massively accelerated. So I'm I'm kind of curious what it, what you're seeing. Like what what do SMBs need to think about in terms of ad- adapting to that type of environment? Well, I'm not sure I followed your question, Zach. Tell me a little bit more. Well, I think the the, the question is. Um, I, I guess I guess you've, you've actually you've addressed a lot of that in in your, in your answers. I, I'm really thinking about the challenge of a small business and maybe what you're seeing works, given the fact that you sit on top of all these seven million small businesses. About um, what they can do to to help um, stay ahead, to, to get ahead, to to stay afloat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where cash flow is king, right? Cash flow and and being able to um, have that insight is really key to these small businesses. But I'll be honest with you, Zach, I think there's 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 two different areas and two different needs, right, that I think that are important for us to, to distinguish as well. I think fintech innovation has traditionally focused on the consumer and small business over time. It started in the consumer space, right? It started with your robo-advisories, with your wallets. It started to move then into your gig economy, your businesses of one, your small businesses. So the, the, the industry is actually pretty... Um, I would say not mature because there's a ton of opportunities to, but there's been a, a ton of innovation happening in the consumer and small business space that we've been able to really capitalize on and deliver really well. I think a great opportunity going forward and one of the biggest needs actually going forward that hasn't been spoken about is and is still under, under tapped is actually more on the mid-market and B2B space. This is a space that has traditionally not had as much fintech innovation over the past couple of years. It is still very predominantly focused on traditional and, and might I say, archaic payment schemes. 70% of B2B is still check-based. Um, and it's still very much one of those um, areas in the in the space and in our customer set that 
we're actually finding that are hurting the most. And because the innovation hasn't caught up there yet, there's, it's there's a much harder uh, problem to solve. It's a right? much harder yeah. problem. Yeah. And so, for example, we see that cash flow issues are actually compounded on the B2B side. 52% of our B2B businesses are being paid late, which is um, compared to our B2C businesses that are 38%, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk about cash flow. We talk about, you know, uh, innovation. It's, we've done a great job as an industry on the consumer and small, on small business side and the businesses of want. How do we take that and really, I think now really focus on the B2B space because that's where the biggest gap is, in my opinion, of where we need to focus and the biggest opportunity for us going forward. And what needs to happen, I guess, there to be able to, to solve for some of the complexity? Because it's, it's not just it's issuing invoices, but it's also like workflow within the organizations and approvals and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely right. Yeah, you, you nailed it. And so, you know, there's there's a much more complex need here from a workflows perspective than your classic small business, right? And this is where we actually at, at QuickBooks see a huge opportunity. We're actually really, really excited about this space. And we recently launched, I don't know if you saw, we saw uh, we launched this week, our QuickBooks business network. So this, this launch uh, actually creates one of the bit largest B2B networks, um, really aiming at automating B2B payments and improving overall cash flow for, for this particular user set. So users that sign up to join the QuickBooks business network can now search for other businesses in the ecosystem. They can create and manage profiles and networks. Then once they create that network, there's a ton of automation savings there, right? They're able to um, send and receive invoices, pay bills seamlessly. Um, we are adding in new features there to save time, reduce errors associated with manual entry. And to me, one of the biggest benefits um, and that we've launched with, with this network is AP automation. So Imagine, you know, when an invoice is received through the QuickBooks business network, you can easily review, you can easily pay, you can easily approve that bill. It's automatically added to your books. It saves you time. It, you know, uh, it um, saves the effort of having to manually reconcile your books. And you just create this flywheel effect of um, automation in, in what is usually a very cash-strapped um, payment archaic flow. And so by powering the, the B2B network with our you know, our proven money offerings and payment offerings by creating and leveraging that bookkeeping automation. Um, we're really excited about the opportunities here ahead. Shailen, it's been great chatting with you today. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. It was such a pleasure, Zach. Thanks again for having me.